welcome to episode one of Marvel Did What? Part of the Marvel Cinematic University uh, podcast network. Uh, I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and joining me, as she will for all of these, is one Stephanie Williams. Stephanie, it's a pleasure to finally get this thing off the ground. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, feeling much better. Uh, hopefully, if you are listening to this right now, you are not listening to us because you are sick with the flu. <laughs> I had the misfortune of catching it, and it was god awful. I actually wish I had venom around to uh, help me with that. Yes, yeah. Speaking of venom, <laughs> today we're going to be getting into symbiotes and drama. Baby drama, one in that old thing back drama. My goodness, Venom first host. Uh, th- this series ran five issues, and Stephanie chose this one as our first endeavor here. So I should ask you first, what made you so interested in wanting to talk about this? So this is next to Lethal um, Protector. Uh, this is like my favorite Venom story um, and the reason why that is because when I just really love Venom uh, because I feel like it's one of more, uh, Marvel's more complex heroes and I'm saying they don't have any but mm-hmm. like really complex and they also have a great relationship it's actually probably one of Marvel's best couples <laughs> um, and you know when you think about Venom the first thing you think of is Venom and Spider-Man and fighting each other and Venom either being an anti-hero or a villain, depending on, you know, I guess your interaction with any material that Venom has been in. But um, I chose for first host because I felt like this is what I would introduce someone to um, if they had never heard of Venom before um, or, yeah, like if they never heard of Venom before, or didn't know Venom outside of. I just know that he's a Spider-Man villain or whatever. This is the book that I would give to them because it just really shows the connection between um, Brock and his um, symbiote. And it's when it's messy. Um, and like you brought up, getting the, getting the old theme back, you can just really see like when someone says that they really enjoy the relationship that Brock and um, the symbiote have this story is that um is the best way that i can describe it there are other cool stories that involve them but um this one is just near and dear to my heart also it's got some parenting going on which yeah (laughs) for real for real um we'll get to favorite line later but man there was a conversation that stuck out to me and that'll be interesting but i guess we should uh just start with some general thoughts like for me um the first thing that kind of kind of drew me in was the idea of a Kree Skrull war uh kind of orbiting around the story and mm-hmm. I I thought that part was really really interesting and obviously we meet Telkar who's who at first seems like this heroic type of dude who's really just out to save his race and he's been trapped and all this other stuff according to the story but then as it goes on we find out this dude's pretty dastardly. And I'm just like, whoa, what a turn, um, as we find out uh, towards the end of issue two. So I, I, thought, that, I thought that part was uh, fascinating. What was, what was one of your uh, favorite parts of this, uh, of this series? 
I think my favorite part was really the parenting aspect. Um, so if you if you don't know, you probably don't. Um, Brock and Venom have had a child because um, mm-hmm. you know the symbiote it responds and they they have this child now, so it's being kept um, at Harry Osborne's wife's uh, place of work, yes. which really threw me. And I don't know either how I forgot this or but. My umpteenth time reading this this entire series, I didn't catch it until uh, the last book that, oh, wait, they're married. I don't know how I forgot that. But anyway, I forgot it. And it just kind of made me put my iPad down. I was like, wait a minute. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's being kept there. And like they're they're talking as like this couple that's co-parenting and the fair actually the first page I believe or the first couple pages in the first issue a scene that I really really loved is there is a robbery going on um Venom steps in uh there's a woman and her child there of course you know when Venom gets rid of somebody he usually they usually eat they usually eat the head and they kill the robber that way and they apologize to the lady and her son that he had to see that and as they swing away they're like you're a good parent, we can tell, because we're parents too. And I don't know why, but <laughs> um, that just really warmed my heart. And I was just like, you know, then, you know, then I'm, then he, they're they're okay. They they really are okay. <laughs> I just I just love the idea of you saying it it warms your heart after he bites the head off of somebody. <laughs> That's just amazing. That's just tremendous. That's the content that we want here on Marvel. Did what? <laughs> <laughs> I, it was it was it was a, it was a well written moment. Like Tyler Perry could never, um, and actually the MCU probably could never either. Uh, but it was it was a tender moment. Speaking of Tyler Perry, okay, so like as we continue on, as if we continue on reading this, and I get into it further, and we we find the uh, the Telcar heel turn. And um, he steals. He he want, He's about to steal the baby symbiote, but then uh, but then the but then uh, Venom symbiote decides to go with him and stuff like that. I was that was the first thing. This is a lifetime slash Tyler Perry, uh, right? <laughs> uh, dra- dramedy or whatever you want to whatever you want to use. And there are just so many instances that I found some of these characters really really funny. Um. What the what's the what's the girl's name uh the the scroll warrior that shows up if I could find her name in my notes here um M Lance yeah M Lance yes. she is something else um there's this part where where uh Brock is in the lab uh after the fact after after Venom is uh, stolen and they're with the with they're with one of the the other scientists. And Brock is like, I'm going to go with you, even though he doesn't have the symbiote with him. And she responds to him going with me. No, you're not. Forget what I was just telling your obese friend here. Talking to the black dude in the chair. Um, (laughs) This fight has nothing to do with you or your people. Um, she She was a very underrated part of this. Yes. I actually wish that we could have either spent a little bit more time with her or 
um, I don't know, just had a little bit more because for whatever reason, I was mismembering this entire series, thinking it was six issues and not five. So I actually maybe imagined in some way, yeah, in some way that we did get more time with her. We didn't because it's only five issues, but I, I really liked her. And the whole time I kept thinking, I don't know if they're going to do more stuff with the scroll in the MCU. I kind of hope that they do. But if they do, can we get this character? And can we get this character in Captain Marvel too? You know, that would, I, be, I don't, that would definitely I, be nice. And yeah. I think one of the things that uh, we've heard recently, we talked about it on the last episode of, of MC University, um, there is a Secret Invasion show in development for Disney+. Plus. It's just the nature of it we do not know as of yet. Especially with the way that the Skrulls were portrayed in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and Captain Marvel. Um, it's interesting what they're going to decide to do with that. But, hey, we may get something along those lines. And, yeah, that's a character. Uh, M. Lanz is a, is, a, is a very, very fun character. Cool character. Powerful, strong character. Uh, really enjoyable, for sure. Yeah. Um... And I just kind of felt like I, I wish, I just, man, I wish we had an extra issue because there was some nice little comedic timing going on between the two, too. Um, like when they're, uh, um, so Venom and, not Venom, but Brock and the baby symbiote, who we don't have a name for, I don't believe. Oh, we actually got um, a name by issue we did. three, a, a Sleeper. Oops. Sleeper. Okay, see, look at me. Couldn't even remember. So, um... <laughs> I know, like, I just really liked that. I just thought it was really cute, the back and forth, and, like, Sleeper's talking about the different power set that it has, and, you know, uh, Milan's part, like, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> or, like, y'all can go home, and then the baby still does it. So, I mean, I, even if, even if she doesn't show up in um, the MCU in any kind of capacity, Marvel, what if? Hey, buddy cop. Hey, I, I I know I will I would definitely love to see that. Uh, when when we get to see uh, Telcar in his obsessive and maniacal thinking uh, as the villain to the story, did he feel worthy of of that villainy? Because I thought he was just insane, and I thought the turn was great. The way that they framed the story at the beginning was great, and after the turn. Just to see him go even more psychotic as time went along, um, I thought that was really well done. Oh, uh, same. And actually, I don't think I really appreciated it until uh, maybe my second or third time reading it again. Um, I don't know why that was, but the second or third time I read it, I was like, okay, this feels earned. Um, I like (laughs) that, you know this person is trying to come between um, Brock and Venom and how they're just not, I mean, like they're not, they're not here for it because there's a, at the very end of the the series, uh, once spoiler alert, um, sleeper leaves and actually lobotomizes, um, Telkar Mm -hmm. and leaves with his body. Um, there's this moment where they're like, there's just the two of them left. Um, they're sad their baby is gone and it's just like but it's okay because we still have each other and to like know that you know Brock's partner because Venom is his partner um, had gone through this trauma of having to deal with Selkar because he was 
basically doing stuff. It was doing stuff against his will yeah. because Tokar um, controlled it in that way. So I actually would have liked a little bit more, a little bit more exploration into that. But this is why I say I would introduce this book to someone because Tokar is so, so terrible. Has done terrible things to this to Venom that you really start to really understand why Venom has taken to Brock so much. Let me tell you, like when right. Let me tell you when. So once uh, Brock has a conversation with Harry toward as we get towards the end of this, and he goes back up and Telcar is standing in the apartment. He goes, Brock, you shouldn't leave your kid home alone. And I'm just like, yo, ain't that the most life lifetime type shit I've ever seen? Oh, <laughs> it's just this. You, we thought he was dead. Um, we thought he was dead earlier when the ship blew up and everything, and the and the Creed just took him apart, took him apart and blew up everything. But when he shows back up and he got that look on his face, you know what? I think I'm gonna post that as the as the tagline. Um, when this podcast comes out. It's just like, yo, the look on his face was wild. I was I was dying. It was. It's isn't this a great I told you this is a great Oh it's tremendous. It's a great series. another moment that I just really enjoyed um, I think it happens uh, what is the name of this building that they're in it's not Osborne Corp- Corporation and I oh, thought I had is it, it Alchemax I'm trying to think if it's Alchemax let me see that sounds right because uh, it's funny because you get caught up in the Spider-Man like world of video games and I'm thinking of uh, Spider-Man Edge of Time with uh, with uh anti-venom and uh in that whole scenario i want to say it's the alchemax building but i gotta go back in and and see for sure but um but yeah but you were saying but well either way um so building that they're in so they're in the building um eddie is talking to uh liz liz allen i believe and it's is he, you know, he's pretty much him and Venom are like, you know, what have you been doing with that baby? Like, what is going on? And like that father jumped out of him uh, because they've also been doing experiments on the baby while it's been there in a cage the whole time. So it was, I mean, it wasn't like a huge moment, but it was a moment that I just appreciated because I'm like, wow, you, they really like, um, they really wrote this as though these two were a couple and they were parenting together and like when sleeper leaves he's like thank you you know you did the best you could father and tell my other parent the same thing like you wouldn't expect because like when you think of venom you see the teeth you think you know horror or you don't think of something so cuddly and warms your heart but this series the way that um venom is portrayed um has always actually been portrayed it's just that spider-man's been a nuisance in the way and making you think that venom is terrible venom is not terrible um but it, it just really does this really great job of grounding the character in a way that is just so relatable that you forget that this is a monster alien that is 
taken um not possessing a possess- possession of this man's body but like they're living as two and like they like they have feelings for one another and <laughs> Telfar tried to ruin that <laughs> and their bond was just too strong yeah like I don't like I every like I finished reading it and I was I put my iPad down and I was like what a beautiful love story <laughs> it kind of is when you think about it. Um, right? Yeah. And, and 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 you know what's funny? As somebody who is like a fan of Venom, but hasn't really read to get a detailed idea of what the relationship with Brock and the symbiote is, um, this kind of gave me more of a background and gave me a better understanding of it, that there's just more to him and them um, as opposed to just being this psycho monster um you can see that what you call there's just this this relationship and this this bond that is real it it's real it's authentic and i think one of the things that this this book did a, a good job of illustrating was just how strong that was even when they were apart and i thought that mm-hmm. was really cool yeah, because the last time you really get it, it was really illustrated just how strong their bond is, I believe, is in the Lethal uh, Protector series. You know what? No, I am lying to you. It is not Lethal Protector. Uh, hold on. It is going to, because it's another book that I would recommend. I have to find the name of it because it's going to drive me crazy. But um, <laughs> it actually made a video game about it. And it's a weird video game. The video game is called it because the series was actually not even. Um, God, what is the name of the series? Okay, when I find the name, hopefully before the podcast is over. I'll Wait, you said it, this but... was a, you said this was a video game. Yes. How so how old are we talking? Uh, we're talking. This is Sega. I actually wrote a piece on it for uh, Sci-Fi Fangirls. It is called Venom Spider-Man Lethal Protector. <sighs> it's weird that it's called that because it is. It's a mashup of two of the Venom Spider-Man games. So okay, the so like the title is that, but it's not that series. It's so weird. Um, it's also very terrible and very frustrating. <laughs> uh, if you download an emulator, you know you can play it. I actually uh, played it recently, and that's how I ended up writing a piece for um, fangirls. But yeah, yeah. But like, I brought it up because yeah. like. Venom tried. He Venom basically travels cross country to get to Brock. Oh, wow! That's, right, that's real. It was real love. Yes. <laughs> it, it and it's funny because anytime I think of Spider-Man Venom games, I think of like the first one that I ever played was um, uh, Separation Anxiety and Maximum. Carnage. That's it. That is what I'm talking about. Okay, so it's Separation Anxiety. That's the one that's with the, the kid the with all the multiple symbiotes that you got to fight as boss yes. in the game. And it's weird, though, because the actual game is based, loosely based on Lethal Protector. So I'm just like, it's so weird that they named, because Venom uh, Separation Anxiety is actually a real series. It's four issues long. But (laughs) the video game is named that, but it's actually based, loosely based off of Venom Lethal Protector. It's very weird. Um, I do say check the game out, but, but more so actually just, just read the comics because they're way better because there are also better examples of this relationship. Right, 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 for sure. There was another, um, so when, when Telcar's fighting Brock by himself, I just love that 
tell Cargos, don't be an idiot. I'm faster than you, stronger, better trained, without a suit. I'm still a Cree warrior. Without the suit, what are you? My man, and I and, and I felt this in my chest as as one of one of these. He goes, I'm a New Yorker. I, I was just like, whoo, that was great. I, I I just that line on its own, and then and then he beats him up. It's just it's just tremendous. And then Sleeper comes in and lobotomizes him after the fact. Uh, oh man, I I I really I really liked that part. That was really cool too. So I, so one of the things that I was thinking about as I was saying that was we've talked about so much about what we liked about it. Was there anything that you thought could have been done better? Honestly, no. And I rarely ever say that after reading mm-hmm. a comic. But no, if anything, it could have been an additional issue. But I agree. at the same time, maybe, I mean, and I say that out of selfishness, out of just wanting more from this particular story. But they really do, the writer, uh, Mike Costas, he really does a great job of getting in and getting out. But getting in and out with a purpose. Yeah. So, um, that's the only thing I just wish it was a little longer, but as far as, like, everything that kind of happens in it, it's, it is a really con, a really strong, short five issues, and you get what was supposed to go on um you get a little extra and it's just it's really well done they were definitely efficient i I thought the efficiency there was um off the charts with with all of the scenes and how they how they kind of handled things with care but at the same time we Mm -hmm. didn't stay on things too long um i'm definitely with you on the I don't think, and I'm trying to think, because one of the questions that I also wanted to ask, if you wrote this, what would what spin would you put on it? And I'm and I was thinking about that question myself, and I was like, I would have liked to see Sleeper stay around. That's like the only yeah. thing that I could think of that uh, would make me more interested as a kind of continuing. A phase of this story because I kind of didn't want the story to end it was really good yeah actually and as you bring that up I I wanted Sleeper to stay but if Sleeper was going to leave I actually was kind of hoping that Sleeper would have left with um, Milan or Milane I don't, I don't, for whatever yeah, I don't know reason, if I was it's M-Lans or because that's how M-Lans, it's spelled M-Lans, yeah. okay, War M-Lans, Bride yeah. M-Lans Okay, so in Lance, I was kind of hoping that Sleeper would have left with her. Um, I know it really kind of didn't make any sense because she absolutely wanted nothing to do with them like that. Well, at least she said that, but then she kind of um, backtracks and was like, y'all are all right. But I was just kind of hoping that Sleeper would have left with her. So there would at least been a door open for like a Sleeper and Lance short mini. I would write that. True. I will write the hell out of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I actually will write the hell out of that. But that—that that was the, those are the only that's the only thing that I possibly would have done differently. But again, like I rarely ever don't have too much to say about you know a comic issue or a comic series or whatever. But for this one, I I want to say that it's perfect, but it's close. Right, right. I, and yeah, I'm in total agreement with you there. Did you have a did you have a favorite line of the book? 
No, I maybe not necessarily a line, but just that that scene between Eddie and Venom where it's just like, it's okay because, you know, we still have each other. Because, like, I just really felt the the love and the trust. Because, yeah. again, like, if you think about it, Venom's time with Talcara was quite terrible. Um, so for Venom to trust again... Um, it's opening to like trust another host again and to trust the host in the way that it, you know, it's trusted Ven- Venom. I mean, uh, Brock is just, um, I think it, it just says a lot. So maybe not a, a specific line, but just that, that moment, that page, I just really love. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think for me, and it hit home as, as a, being a parent and a rel- still a relatively new one. Um, Harry Osborne talking to Brock in the bar and he goes having a kid to take care of it'll make you scared more scared than you've ever been but it'll make you better and when people come and bring danger God help them because it'll make you stronger oh, yeah. too and I was like that hit me that hit me I was like you know what yeah there's a there's a lot of that and you don't think about a comic book telling you something like that um, and the message behind it and I think it goes to show you that just like anything else, you can't judge a book by its cover, you know, when you think of Venom and, and the whole idea of what that's supposed to be, but you go behind it and you find out there's so much more. And I think just hitting home to me as a parent, as a dad, thinking about that, and it's just like, yeah, I would have the same exact attitude in that scenario. Somebody comes for me and mine, it's on at any cost, so... Uh, I thought that I thought that one uh, particularly hit home for me. Yeah, you know, as I kind of lied, that was another moment where I was just like, okay, look at Harry uh, dropping nuggets. You would have never expected that, but very real in what he said. For real, for real, absolutely. And um, so, this story overall as a whole, do you think that it could translate from page to screen? Oh, easily. In fact, um, I know they're not going to do this with Venom 2, but mm. it would behoove them to do it. Um, the first Venom movie, I actually enjoyed. Um, and a lot of people don't really care for it, but I felt like it should have been marketed as a rom-com. And I think when they went into their, um, for the DVD sales or whatever, they actually do market it that way. At least they did in China and somewhere else, but um, easily. This could easily be a movie and a good, solid movie. And actually, I wish this would have been the Venom movie. You know, it's funny. Like, thinking about watching Venom the the first time, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it either. It was all right. Like, I, I, th- I thought there were some good moments. Um, I think Tom Hardy is, is pretty good. I thought pretty good as Brock. There's always going to be, like, story continuity elements that I'm not going to be happy with, just as being, like, one of those, like, really, this is when my nerd nerd uh, head comes out in terms of, like, wait a minute, Venom, Spider-Man, connection, this is how this happens, not just, like, showing up from uh, a right. planet without Spider-Man uh, with, as far as the symbiote is concerned. But nonetheless, in, in terms of the well, the movie itself, I thought it was fine, and I I am intrigued to see how they build on it afterwards but yeah this is a great story this is just a great story overall and i think it's just one of those gold ones and i think to your point you said that this could have been the the, this could have been the first story um 
and there is an originality to it. And this is where you get the whole running with uh, Sony and Spider-Man's character and mm-hmm. MCU and battle between executives and yada yada, which is why we have so many iterations of characters with the Sinister Six and then we got the Morbius thing and it's just a whole bunch of mess that they're trying to at least um, clear up to a certain degree. But I I'm I'm in I'm of the ilk that kind of looks at that this story. This Venom first host, and I think you could translate it anywhere. You could make it an animated series. You could you could make mm-hmm. it a movie. Um, it's it just has uh, it has enough good stuff in it to leave you satisfied overall as a as a complete product. Right, and then you also avoid. Um, I mean, not that this particular story has that problem, but you avoid um, having to. I mean, you never told it, but I guess retell the story of Venom, um, the symbiote actually meeting Spider-Man first and, you know, wanting Spider-Man, but Spider-Man rejecting, rejecting it and it basically being hurt and yeah. finding <laughs> true love and Brock instead <laughs> and Eddie Brock instead. But um, you, you avoid having to do that. So right. if there is a problem uh, with getting Spider-Man in the movie and all that, you avoid having to do that. But people maybe having the prior knowledge that Venom interacts with Spider-Man first, but here we are. So, I don't know. Like, I I would hope that somebody would have enough sense maybe one day. I don't know. Who knows? But to translate this one into um, either a movie or animated series, like you said. Or I don't even take an animated movie. Okay. Okay, so the the last thing before we we officially rate this, and I guess we'll do we'll maybe do a five star rating type of system. But um, I wanted to ask you about Sleeper overall. What did you think of Sleeper in terms of its actual powers and abilities, and how much of a calm and pragmatic uh, symbiote this this was? I love Sleeper. Um, I love that the, the, the power set was different from the parent. Um, and actually, maybe Sleeper did everybody a justice by leaving yeah. <laughs> and not sticking around because I wouldn't imagine that, um, you know, whoever came up against it would be, uh, would have any, any good luck because again, it's still a, you know, still a baby and still trying to figure itself out. Right. So, and it was doing it pretty rapidly when um, it was attached to Eddie. So, um, I want more of Sleeper. And I honestly cannot say if we've gotten more of Sleeper in the comics. If we have, please let me know. Um, I'm actually going to try to find out after we record because it never dawned on me to look into that. But I, I really like Sleeper. Oh, yeah. We can always use this as an addendum for the next time that we do this. Um, if there's any. Um, extra little tidbits and stuff like that we can definitely do. I'll take a look at Sleeper myself after we're done recording. So, Steph, if you had to grade this series uh, from one to five stars, where would you put it? Definitely five stars. And y'all don't don't get used to me giving out fives, but this one <laughs> this one gets a five star for me. Yeah, I I agree. Five stars for me. Oh, that's a five star. That's a five star. That's a five star. <laughs> it's something that grabbed me, grabbed me instantly. Um, it's I, I always like cosmic stuff, and I'm always trying to get into the cosmic aspect of Marvel because 
because uh, not only in film but in television it's going to play such a huge part going forward so i'm always trying to learn stuff that i didn't necessarily really care about uh when i was younger i tended to be more of on the grounded side so to see some stuff in space was cool Kree scrawl i'm down for that and obviously seeing venom in this light um and brock in a different light as well and all of the characters too they just they kind of just jumped off and all were compelling in their own different way so mm-hmm. i would definitely give venom first host five stars you should definitely check it out it's a good way to kind of introduce yourself to uh venom even if you haven't really read a lot of venom books but i think this kind of shows you that there's more to brock and the symbiote than uh killing people and biting their heads off that's great there's more to that relationship than that (laughs) so so before we put this one in the book stephanie where can we follow you I, you can follow me on the Twitters at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Also, because um, I don't believe I had this info the first time we recorded. Maybe you didn't. Or maybe I did, but you get it again. I have two webcomics that you all can follow on Webtoon and also on Instagram. The first one is Parenthood Activate. So um, there's no venom, but there is parenting stuff going on. Um, there is also But What If Though, which... Um, might have a venom themed uh, issue soon, so who knows? Uh, and then there will be a Kickstarter launching because I have to plug this hey, uh, for <laughs> for my Living Heroes uh, one uh, one off four, but what it though? And Living Heroes is exactly how it sounds. Oh, um, it is a living <laughs> is a living single um, homage uh, that involves Storm, Misty, Knight. Monica Rambeau and She-Hulk. So um, there are two issues for it now. You can find those um, on Webtoons under the But What If Though uh, comic page. But the Kickstarter give you a full 24 pages of these ladies just kind of living in a superhero kind of world with their girls. Hey, um, shout out to Living Single. Shout out to Living Girls. Yes. Um, all, I, all I can say about that is... Um, you do a tremendous job with this stuff. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, more from you in that aspect. Um, very fun. And y'all definitely should check it out for sure. And and so, yeah, support independent independent writers, man. Independent writers. We are all out here in our own way trying to make it. That's for sure. That's for sure. And um, as far as I'm concerned, you can follow me. On Twitter at AC Spotlight 95. Obviously, this this podcast network will continue to go through the news and notes as we get closer to Black Widow. You can check out our previous episode. We dove into all the Super Bowl stuff, uh, the Super Bowl stuff with the WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, uh, the Black Widow spot. We talked about the Secret Invasion series and. And the Doctor Strange director, which, by the way, it looks like Sam Raimi is going to be the the director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Looking forward to that. That should be uh, very interesting if that comes to pass. And uh, Christian Bale has been cast as the main villain of Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. So there's still plenty of stuff for us to talk about as we get closer to Black Widow. And as far as this podcast is concerned... The next time we come back, we're going to do Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 700. Um, we we'll, won't give any 
tidbits of the story away yet, but it's a very, very interesting uh, uh, story of Spider-Man's life literally flashing before his eyes. So, uh, for Stephanie Williams, I'm Anthony Canton III. Also, shout out to producer Jake Christie. You can follow at Twitter at the Jake Christie. This has been Marvel Did What? We'll be back. Until next time.